I wonder if Mike Caldwell somewhere Sunday night saying, I love it when the plans come together. I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, what up, good people? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I am the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, Tony Wiggins. We're your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder, on our YouTube page, you can subscribe for free. That's right. Make sure you just hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and hit that bell so you receive notifications whenever we do and drop a show. And also, wherever you get your podcast from an audio perspective make sure you tap in every single day to make sure you don't miss when we drop this episode is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on nfl and use that code all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars shout out to the everydayers for joining us here every day and if you're not an everydayer, you can be an everydayer, too, just by coming back every day. I'm glad I got that out. Without getting tongue-tied, the Jaguars' defense certainly did not get tongue-tied, and they uh, fully understood the assignment that was given to them this offseason by defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. Doug Peterson said, I believe it was at the NFL draft at his press conference, he said the thing that they needed to improve is the pass rush. And then they proceeded to not sign or draft a pass rusher until like the fifth round of the draft. So that led me to believe they believed that there were two solutions. That was the second tier of free agency that happens after the draft, which they still did not sign anyone. They re-signed it, Dewan Smoot, who won't be available for a little bit. But it it was either that or just improve who you had on your roster already. And that's three guys that were chosen in the first round of the draft. Well, after week one, so far so good on that. But we have to look and see the tape will tell the truth. The eye in the sky will tell the truth. Are the naked numbers um, a bit deceiving? We'll certainly discuss that today. I, I think the people what the, what they're saying is numbers lie. Men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. But that doesn't mean that numbers don't tell the whole truth, because I believe that both of those things are true. And we'll discuss that a little bit here on Locked on Jaguars. We're going to add in turnovers, too, because there's a lot of emphasis on taking the ball away from the other team and, and snatching it. Now, you say that that doesn't necessarily happen unless the other team makes a mistake. That's not necessarily true. If you're a team that's built on traits, of getting big, strong, long, darn fast people, you would think, and most teams are built that way, to be honest, but you would think that the emphasis on athleticism means that you're a little bit better than the other team at that aspect. Doesn't necessarily mean better than football. So ripping that ball out should be something that you try to do. And if every team is built the same and they're all ripping the ball away from each other, then sometimes it's a matter of who can protect the ball the most. So we'll take a look at that. And then... Finally, in segment three, 
Do you extend Josh before the end of the year? Do you tag him again for a second time? Or is he good enough that you just move on or try to draft his replacement by giving him one more tag? Or do you sign him long-term? We'll discuss that in segment three. But the turnovers were good the other day. Josh Allen had three sacks. Trayvon Walker had one. Uh, Andre Sisco forced a fumble. And um, Tyson Campbell got an interception. Let me start right there. Let's start at the back with Tyson Campbell. Happy for him more than anybody. Because one of the things that was always a knock on him wasn't his athleticism, wasn't his size. It was him and his ability to play the ball while it was in the air and make adjustments. I mean, granted, you go back to him in college, and even if you go back to him here early in his career here during the preseason, there were a lot of instances where you were wondering what he was thinking about. It's like the ball is in the air, and he just kind of – it's just like when the ball is in the air, there's a sense of kind of brainwave to make you dizzy or – that's you know people always talked about his ball skills well after week one guess what nobody's talking about his ball skills now because he got a good pick he got a good pick where he's facing a quarterback he baited him kind of disappeared and then popped up like he was on a video game or something and got the interception i think it's the little nuances of the game uh the little things that his coach Deshae townsend the um the position coach can really teach him and show him that will allow him to match technically what he already has physically and athletically. And I really, really do believe that Tyson Campbell's ready to make that jump to be a top 10 corner in the NFL. I, I know how NFL people think. I know some people, if you ask scouts or whatever, they might already have him up there because I know how they're yoked. But the average fan doesn't, right? So, you know, we'll we'll discuss and talk about that as the year goes on, because I, I think it's something him and Andre Cisco, a couple of guys. And you're going to notice something. I mentioned a lot of dudes that need to be re-signed at some point over the next 12 to 18 months. So that would indicate that the draft, the, the first full draft that Trent Baalke did was actually a rousing success. I mean, they had enough picks, but this is usually three years in where you could really, really tell. So it's very difficult to tell about uh, the drafts after just one year, maybe even sometimes after two, especially with guys that are just going to get better. You know, I, I told, I gave an analogy to someone the other day and they were talking about boxing trainers. So a guy has a bad night in the ring and everybody wants to, to get rid of his trainer, right? That's sort of like, play calling because you you don't know why plays don't work a, a lot of us we can look at it and know it didn't work and all of a sudden we know all of you know just right there we just know look that didn't work don't ever run that again but if we don't really understand everything about it and behind the scenes um and i say we because i'm the same way you don't know why it didn't work and things football isn't something where the result is something that decides whether or not something is a good idea or not. Sometimes it is, but that's not the only thing. So I was talking about these boxing trainers. And I and, and my son asked me, he said, is such and such a good trainer? This guy that won trainer of the year, but he had, he had a bad couple of months with a bad a couple of, I said, you know what their job is all the time? It's not on fight night in Vegas when you see the lights on them. 
that's like the tipping point. That's the apex of what they do. I said, but you know what those guys do? They train guys that you don't know all day to build them up to get to the point where they can have that big fight. The fight in question that we were talking about, the fighter was undefeated and he got embarrassed. He'd been with that trainer since he was a little boy. So to get him to that point is astonishing to the point where he's one of five best fighters in the whole world, right? So we're going to judge that trainer based on that one night or are we going to judge him based on the number of fighters over a 15 or 20 year career that he caught when they were 10 years old and turned them into someone who could have a, a belt, be undefeated in fighting? I look at coaching the same way. The development of Tyson Campbell is like the masterpiece for Deshae Townsend. The development of all of these players that don't show up ready to go. Bernie Parmley's done a, a very good job with running backs over the years. It's not how they look when you first see them. It's not their lowest moment. Whether or not you judge whether or not a coach is good enough. It's about all the things that they do that you don't see that the coaching staff does see. Now, I know we all like to sound smart, especially if you're going to do a podcast, you need to be an expert and an authority. But I think sometimes the worst thing you can do trying to sound smart is to pretend that you're smarter about something that you really are. I think the transparency of knowing we're going to find these questions, we're going to get these answers together. I think that's the best thing that you can do. So I don't know if Doug and them had a conversation and said, nope, we're sticking with the guys that we got. We think Josh Allen and we think Trayvon are going to turn it around and we think Tyson Campbell is going to get ball skills and we think Devin Lloyd is going to get it. I don't know. I never know where they are in terms of the development. And if you take the development aspect out, fans are going to still fan and still watch games. But that development aspect is a huge, huge part of what you see on the field that allows you to help watch games or not. All of that stuff is critical and all of that stuff is important. But I think sometimes we like to reduce things down to right nowism. What did I just see? Okay, if I just saw it, then that means it's terrible. Fix it. Football is not a sport where you just drive through and order something and all of a sudden it gets fixed. You actually have to do it. So I said all of that to say this. I'm a much of a local expert as you can have credential connected to the team um, have been there, have a long history of understanding how it goes and, and what it, you know, how it's supposed to go. But one thing I'll never do is sit on here and pretend to you that I'm a coach. And I can tell you about players developing when I'm not in the weight room. And then if I wasn't there, I wouldn't know what the hell I was looking at. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be smart by admitting what we don't know, as opposed to just sitting there trying to sound smart and saying all of these things that that really don't make no damn sense. And some of the things that I read are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but we're going to say who's guilty of it because they're irrelevant to us. But we just want you to know here, Locked on Jaguars, what we're trying to do. We want to create smarter fans. So now we need to find out, are the numbers real? Are the numbers real? Fans don't care. They just want the results. I get it. We'll talk about whether or not the numbers are actually 
real? Does this mean that the Jaguars, just because they had three sacks from Josh Allen and one from Trayvon, doesn't mean that those things are already fixed? Well, I'll tell you that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. But first, I'll tell you this. I'm trying to get your pockets fixed with a bunch of money. And the way to do that is you need to get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. That makes you smart, in my opinion. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Smart to save money. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, one word, and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. I be running it down here, man. Segment number two here on Locked On Jaguars. We talk about the pass rush, talk about the sacks and turnovers, the things that we saw the other day that we're trying to figure out. Is it real? It was real Sunday because it happened and we needed it to happen. I think the early sack the actual sack where Josh Allen took down Anthony Richardson. I think it was critical because at the time that it happened and it created a long down and distance situation. And then I also think it was good because you let them know that we're coming and it's good for Josh to finally show. I even heard the, the announcer the other day mentioned Kenny Albert mentioned, he said, was it Kenny Albert? It may have been the analyst. It may have been the analyst, but they said that Josh Allen has the athletic ability of Nick Bosa just has to stay healthy and put it all together and be more consistent. I don't know that anybody has the athletic ability of Nick Bosa, but he's not far off. Josh was a guy who was a top seven, top eight pick in the draft. And I think he was top seven. And some people thought that he would go top five. And when he didn't, they were shocked. So, 6'4", 265 pounds, runs like the wind. Yeah, he has all of that. Sure. But why haven't we seen it be put together? Then you have to ask yourself this question. Is it just a coincidence that if he does put it together this year, he's actually doing it in a year where he's trying to get more money? And that'll lead to the question that we're going to answer in segment three of whether or not you extend him now or do you franchise him again? We'll see. Talk about prove it. Those are prove it's right there. Let me see you do it again. I heard people saying they made holes. Made holes say, okay, so make another hole. Like if you can do it, do it again. And we're going to pay you to do it again before we give you the big bucks. There are some in that building that believe he's a number two on a real good team. You can be a number one on a bad team, put up a bunch of numbers. I remember there's a dude played in the NBA named Ricky Davis, played for the Cavs, averaged like 20 points a game. But they were horrible. Does that mean he could average 20 points a game on a team that's good and try to win a championship? No. Shout out to Ricky Davis, wherever he is and whatever he's doing. I ain't trying to pick on him. But I'm just saying, sometimes numbers can be popcorn numbers. They can be puffed up and don't mean anything. That's why you got to watch the tape. And according to people that I saw yesterday on social media that actually watched the tape, they didn't dish Josh Allen. In fact, it was Pete Prisco. All Pete Prisco said was, he was just more impressed by the pressures than he was the sacks. If the pressures had more impact on the game that Josh Allen did than the actual sacks, 
that's what's important. I actually had a coach tell me once. He was a defensive coordinator, a former NFL defensive coordinator. He said sacks are the most overrated stat ever. The one that we all pay, pay attention to is pressure. If they run 60 plays and on one third of those plays, which is 20 plays, we had a guy force the quarterback out of the pocket and make a, a throw earlier than he wanted to make. So I'm going to just assume like everybody isn't always a hardcore football fan. And I'm going to explain it like I've shown my wife when I've done it with all 22 before. In fact, you don't even have to do all 22. You know what you can do? Look back at the touchdown that Trevor Lawrence threw to Zay Jones. When he went back, took a look, Zay made a move, and then he made another move. Trevor threw the ball to a spot before Dre even turned up field. I mean, Zay, before Zay Jones even turned up field. It was all about timing. They have practiced that over and over and over. You know what throws the timing off? If somebody comes and knocks Trevor off of his square, if somebody comes and chases Trevor off of his spot so he can't step up and changes his mechanics, or if the corner gets his hand on Zay Jones and reroutes him a little bit and causes Zay to not be where he's supposed to be before Trevor threw the ball to the spot. Or what if two of those things happened at the same time? Timing is totally off. Therefore, it won't show up in the stats. It may show up on the hurry section, and sometimes it doesn't. But if Trevor can't stand there and make that throw while Zay is making his move, before he gets to the top of his stem, the ball is already in the air, then the timing is off and it becomes late. So you give credit. The coaches on tape would say that defensive player affected that play, and that's what we need. Not chasing a guy out of bounds and just because you're chasing him and you're closer to him and he runs out of bounds before he gets to the line of scrimmage on a pass play and they call that a sack. Well, now... From a coach's standpoint, which one of those is most important? Because all dude that's running, all he had to do was just take it and throw it past the line of scrimmage and throw it out of bounds, and it wouldn't have been ground, and they would have got the ball back in the initial spot. What made him run out of bounds was being hurried. So those hurries, what made him run was the pressure. That's what made him leave the pocket. The only reason it goes down that a sack is because he didn't have the wherewithal to take it and throw it into the 300 section of the stadium. So the hurry is what the coaches who watch the tape think about. The hurry is what the people who make decisions about who to sign who in free agency is what they worry about. It is not just the sack itself. But fans are content saying, hey, man, we ain't had to do, do that in a long time. We'll take it. No, it ain't that simple. It may be simple for you as a fan because that's where you are and you're fanning out. But it's not that simple in terms of whether or not it was real. For me, Trayvon's sack meant a whole lot more because, one, we saw him do something that he rarely did. He not only well, he always gets around his guy a little bit, but there's a certain point when that guy's going to recover and you have to do a counter move. And that's exactly what he did. And that's all we've been waiting on. And it was at a critical point of the game. And he actually brought the, the quarterback down, bringing the quarterback to the ground, as you probably saw in the Green Bay Jets. I mean, in the Jets game against the Bills means something. There's a cumulative uh, buildup of soreness and physicality. That actually means something. All right, so we'll get to that. We'll get to a little bit more of that. We'll talk about whether or not Josh Allen should be um, extended. We'll do it in just a second here on segment three. 
Oh, Locked on Jaguars. I got to let you know about prize picks, man. I was all over prize picks the other day. I came so close, but I still got paid because of how I made my wagers. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Man, this is so good. You got to you gotta get in on it, man. Share. Uh, I'm telling you right now, my personal experiences with this has been so good. It is like a must-do every single Sunday. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Say it again. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Man, make sure you get on it and join prize picks. Hit me up on social media and let me know how it went because I think it'll go really, really well. All right, man, third and final segment, trying to figure out if numbers lie or if they don't necessarily lie, if they just tell the whole truth. First of all, let me just say this. It's good to win a game, and now we come on here and talk about how important a win was or we have a guy who plays well. We're talking about how important those stats are or how important the actions on the field are. Let me tell you something. I ain't arguing with nobody that's pulling for the Jags today. Not doing it. Why? We, We got other things. We got other fish to fry. But what we're trying to also condition our minds to do is try to figure out whether or not the game this weekend against the chiefs are some of the things that we saw are, are they mainstays? Is it, you know, is it going to happen? Can they make that happen every single week or were they just playing a team with a rookie quarterback who kind of enhanced those stats because he made a couple of mistakes? Do they need to go out and still go out and add a, another player um, to add and create depth? At the pass rush position, do they have enough? Because that was one of the prevailing questions coming into this season is do they have enough pass rush? The coaching staff and the GM decided that they were going to depend on player development and guys just getting better. So every single week, we're going to feel compelled to try to give a put a grade on that. And I think right now, so far this week, they get an A. They get an A. Because whether a guy is sacked or not, if he runs out of bounds, that creates a longer down and distance situation. And technically it is a sack, but you know, I mean, sacked and like brought down to the ground, right? If he runs out of bounds, that means he was running from somebody who pressured him. So if getting pressure is the ultimate goal, then the Jaguars succeeded. Was it enough when you say a three sack game Put Josh Allen all the way. What if halfway through the year he has 10? He has double digits. Are the numbers themselves good enough to say he's exactly what we need? Let me tell you how fans think and and what works against you in, in some of these cases. At the time that he became a free agent, Yannick Ngakwe was in the top five of guys who got sacks and hurries ever since he came into the National Football League. But what did fans do? Fans got mad at the dude because he didn't take an offer at that time, which was 
fair, but it wasn't really what he was looking for. And it wasn't what everybody else who didn't have just as good a number. Uh, they were getting better play. So every time I bring up Demarcus Lawrence at that time, and every time I bring up Frank Clark, who had both been suspended for things off the field, folks tell me, well, he's not as good as them. Well, what what the number said he was. So wait, do you want me to look at the numbers or you don't want me to pay attention to the numbers? Because I think when it's convenient, folks want to point to numbers. And then when they want it to be convenient the other way and they want to just side with management, which most fans always do, then they go, yeah, the numbers say that, but he can't stop the run. How many of y'all are really watching an edge rusher to see if he can stop the run or not? Because some people that will recognize that Trayvon Walker does a very good job at stopping the run are also the same people saying, you don't pick a guy like that, number one. I might agree with you. I might agree with you. But when you have a good, who do you pick number one? A guy that can sack the quarterback. Okay, so if you pick a guy who can sack the quarterback, number one, why wouldn't you want to pay a guy who all he does is sack the quarterback who can't stop the run? Of course, you want a complete player, but that's not the point here. The point is, is we conveniently sometimes want to use numbers to promote our argument or our position on something instead of doing it the other way around and being consistent. Right? I know I'm right. So do you extend Josh Allen? No, I don't extend Josh Allen. It depends what he's asking for. If he's asking for... Number two money, sort of like this kid in Pittsburgh did, uh, not T.J. Watt, but the guy on the other side who had a career year when Watt wasn't there. And they signed him to a four-year, 60-some-odd million-dollar contract. Well, I think of him, Josh, I ask for more than that. But if I'm trying to be the guy, if, 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 I, I don't think he's going to break that bank. I don't think he's going to get $100 million. If he does, he won't get it here. A lot of people thought Juwan Taylor wouldn't get $80 million and somebody gave it to him. So I, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But if I'm the Jaguars, sure. I, I They have leverage. They could tag him again. They could play him on a – they could play him at another tag for outside linebacker or edge rusher, whichever one he qualifies for, and they could tag him again. I say let's just wait and see. I let I say wait and see if the numbers bear out in numeric form and if the numbers are an actual reflection of what you actually see on tape. So far though, so good. Because regardless of what you call, whatever he did, he played well the other day. He was very present. He was running around. He was chasing people. He had tackles for loss. He was on top of the stat sheet the other day. So in my opinion, yeah, he he showed that he's ready to earn it and he showed that he's ready to go out and be the same guy he was when they first picked him and he had a really, really good year. But to definitively say whether I know he can or can't, what I what he can or can't do on a long-term uh, basis, no, I don't think none of us are that smart right now because we're not in, there, in the room with him. Obviously, they like him enough that they didn't move on from him when they could have, right? I think the hope is that Trayvon Walker ends up being their best player and Josh Allen ends up being a compliment to Trayvon Walker. And we'll just see how that goes. I'll tell you how it goes on Locked on NFL. Check in on Locked on NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube channel. They got all the big stories, including the Aaron Rodgers story today. Chris Jones resigning and probably being available Sunday when the Chiefs come in to play the Jaguars, as well as Travis Kelsey's health. 
All of that stuff gets updated on Locked On NFL, so make sure you tap in. I'll be there on a Wednesday show, as usual, with my co-host, James Rapine. Until then, you guys take care of each other. And remember, the Jags won. No need to argue over little stuff. Just talk it out like grown adults and realize that you're all on the same team. Thank you for being on my team here on Locked On Jaguars. Until the next time, like I said, take care of each other, man, and we'll see you.